Everyone is leading somewhere, in some capacity. And has the ability to raise up those who will come after them. I can empower the next generation and raise the level of leadership. By appreciating current leaders and past leaders. What is my legacy? What is my legacy? What is my legacy? What is my legacy? All right, we are starting a new series called Everyone Can Lead. And I want to let you know that I toyed with naming it Everyone Must Lead because I feel that strong about it. But as we looked at it, we thought Everyone Can Lead sounded a little more Minnesota nice. How many know what I'm talking about? Everyone Must Lead maybe would scare some people away. And I thought even Everyone Can Lead might scare some people away. But I got to tell you this, every single one of us can lead, and I firmly believe this, we must lead. The world is crying out for us to lead. There's, there's never been a greater time with such a, a, an ability for us to step up and lead right where we're at, and the world is crying out, will somebody lead us? And I think that we should be the ones, we should be the ones that step up and say, I'm going to lead, I can do this, and I've got to grab it so strong that I've got to realize I must lead. Now, I'm going to start with the assumption, though, and I think it's a safe assumption, that many of us here would say, you must be talking about somebody else, not me. I'm not a leader. I'm more of a, a servant. And if you were doing a series, Pastor Rob, on servanthood, I'd be all in. But you're doing one on leadership, and it kind of scares me a little bit. I don't think I'm the leader. I'm not the boss. I don't have the title. I'm not a leader. So I'm going to start with that assumption that I have to convince you to grab hold of leadership and I believe that it's worth it and I believe that if you'll stay with me in this series, if you'll be open, if you'll be receptive, if you realize that you can do it and you must do it, I believe you'll step up to the challenge and you realize you can do it. You can do it. Now, when I say everyone can lead, I understand that there's different ideas about leadership. I understand that some of us get confused because we hear like, I was called to lead. I was called to be a pastor. I was called. Or you may see in the Bible, you're looking, and you're like, okay, here's Moses. And Moses is just minding his own business. And all of a sudden, God says, you are going to lead my people out of Egypt. They've been in slavery. I've heard their cries. You're going to be the leader. And we see distinct calls. You know what I'm talking about? We see a call into leadership. And so some of us think if God hasn't given us like that, you shall lead. You know, if he doesn't do that, you know, if we don't hear that, then we think like, I'm not a leader. Okay. But there are those moments where God calls people to leadership and Moses would be a great example. And if you want to study the call of being a leader, notice this about people that are called many times. You know what they do when they're called? They, they run. They're like, not me. Not me. You, you must be kidding. Not me. Some of us think that they just woke up and they're like, I will do great things. No. They were like, I will live a normal life. And God says, I'm calling you. And then they usually give excuses. Not me. Not me. Not me. Lord, Lord, I stutter, 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 stutter. And I can't do it. And God's like, I created your mouth. You're going to lead. So there's a call to lead. And we believe that and we acknowledge that. But I'm not talking about people that are called to lead. That's a small group. I know that there are people that would say, Pastor Rob, isn't there something in the Bible that talks about the gift of leadership, right? And we believe that. 
We believe that the Bible talks about all of us having different gifts. And if you have your Bibles, Romans 12 talks about that. And I'll read it in just a second. But we believe there are certain gifts that God gives the body. And one of those gifts is the ability to lead. Some people have a gift of leadership. But I'm not going to talk about the gift of leadership, but let me just point it out for you. In this series, we're going to talk about something different. But let me point out in Romans 12, starting in verse 6. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So we see right in there, if it's to lead, do it diligently. There's a gift of leadership. There's a gift and an ability that God gives people to lead. And we believe those people, when they have that gift of leadership, God enables them to take groups to another level, and God empowers them and gives them those abilities. But just because you don't have a call to lead, or what we would say is a gift to lead, it doesn't mean that's an excuse not to be a leader. Let me prove this from this passage. How many know it says, if you have the gift of serving, then serve? How many know that if you ask your teenager, hey, teenager, can you uh, help me out here? And they say, I don't have the gift of serving. How many know that's not going to fly, right? You'd say, you're part of the family. You're going to serve in the spirit of the family, right? But some people actually have the gift of serving, and they go above and beyond. But just because you don't have it, the gift of giving. We've talked about this with our miracle offering. Some people have the gift, and they're going to do even more. But that doesn't take the rest of us off the hook and say, nobody give if you don't have the gift. We all do something. So if we were to look at this with leadership, I believe that God is saying there are people that have a gift of leadership, but each of us still needs to lead. Each of us still needs to do something that God is calling us to step out in leadership and to go for it. And that's what I would call in this series the responsibility of leadership. There is a responsibility of leadership upon all of us. And you may not have thought that when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, but when you gave your life to Jesus Christ and you said, I have decided to follow Jesus, you became a leader. You became a leader because the world was going this way and you were with them. And the world was going a way that the Bible says leads to destruction, leads to death. And all of a sudden you found out about the good news of Jesus Christ and you said, I'm changing, I'm going this way. And the Bible says now that you're going this direction while the world is going this way and your obligation now is to go out into the world and be a leader, if you will. Be a leader that says that's the wrong way, the right way is this way, this way leads to death, this way leads to light. And you need to be a leader that's pushing them towards Jesus Christ and leading the way. You're called to be a leader. The Bible says that we're salt and we're light. And in a dark world, how many know that the leader is the one that has the flashlight? You've got the flashlight. You have got Jesus Christ in you. And in a dark world, you have the ability to shine forth. And I want you to grab hold of this. There is a responsibility for all of us to lead. Now, I've got some good news for you. Never before in society have have they been so open to anyone leading. Never before have we been so open as a culture. There's been a new paradigm shift where everyone can lead. 
Everyone can lead. Matter of fact, everyone's expected to lead. Not just the CEO, not just the boss, not just the person with the microphone, but everyone has the ability to lead. It's, it's, it's a wonderful time to be a leader. I, I just read a book recently by Seth Godin. It's called Tribes. And it says, we need you to lead us. And the whole book that he's writing, and he's one of the, the, the best, he's the most well-known blogger on business stuff in the entire world. He's the number one business blogger in the entire world. He's written 10 international bestsellers. This guy has his hand on the pulse of culture. And he said, never before has there been a time in history where you can lead. He said, you don't have to be a leader. You don't have to have the title. You can lead. And he said, in this era, it's this simple. If you want to lead, you can lead. And he said, all that's missing is you being willing to say, I'll step up to the plate. You can count on me. I believe that. It's a great time today to say, you know what? We can lead. We can be the examples. We can go out in the world. We need to get, get past our excuses, get past the things that hold us back. And that's what we're going to look at next week. But I want to tell you, you were called to be a leader. And I believe it started all the way back in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. And he gave them the ability to rule. He gave them the ability to lead. We were made in his image. There's something within us that has that ability, but we keep suppressing it and suppressing it, and we don't want to be in leadership. We don't want to be criticized. We don't want those things, and so we don't lead, but I believe within all of us, we have the capacity and ability to lead. We make it so complex, though. We think you got to have a microphone. You got to have a title. You got to have a corner office. got to have this. Can I tell you what? There are leaders all around you. There are leaders all around you. There are spiritual leaders in this church. We call them elders. There are people that have said, I will lead the church spiritually, and you can count on me. I will be an example. I will be a spiritual leader. There are leaders in this church that are deacons that say, you can count on me. I will serve, and I will be a leader and a manager around this church. And we call our deacons here servant project managers. They take what the elders have in the vision and they, and they run those projects and they're servant project managers and they're leaders. And I love the deacons, especially when we do our annual church picnic. How many know what I'm talking about? The deacons run that whole thing. And they run that whole thing and it's so great. I get to walk around and talk to all sorts of people and the deacons are running things and I love it. And I thank God for our deacons that are leading. But there's more. There's ministry directors around here that are leaders that say, you can count on me to be the leader of this ministry. There are people that are leading and they're saying, I will lead in uh, kids ministry. I will lead by going on a global project team. Do you realize when you go and do that, you're being a leader because we want the whole body to go on one of those trips within four years of being part of our church. And so when you do that, you're being a leader. You're going out that and, and leading the way. Right now, as simple as this is, there's probably a kid in our kids' church right now that is being a leader. You know how they're being a leader? Real simple. They're looking at their friend who wants to mess around during the service. And they're going, I, I really want to pay attention. I really want to, I really want to, I, I, I want to get this. That's a leader. You know why? Because when you lead someone, you influence them. That's what leadership is. Leadership, John Maxwell said this. He's a great leadership expert. He said, leadership, if you boil it down to one word, it's this, influence. 
influence. It's the ability to go ahead and influence someone and get them to go a direction, to go someplace, and you either go with them or in front of them and get them to do it. How many think you can be a leader? Okay, I've got my work cut out for me. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Funny story, when I met John Maxwell for the first time, uh, I said, John, I'm so excited to meet you. We were in a small group, about 12 guys, and meeting with them in this little mentoring group. And I said, I'm so excited to meet you because from this day forward, I'm going to say that you're my good friend, John Maxwell. Because how many know that? He says, I'm my good friend. My good. I said, you're going to be my good friend. And I've enjoyed that. But he's a great leadership guy, and he said, it's influence. Influence. I can influence people to do good. I can influence people so I can be a leader. It's that easy. Can we influence people? Can we influence them where they're going to darkness to turn to the light, to turn to Jesus Christ? Can we influence people in this church in many different ways and be a leader? Let me, let me just say this. Can you be a leader in the church worship? Can you be a worship leader? Some of you are like, not a chance. I can't sing. Okay, but you could be a leader in a different way. You could influence the people around you to be focused in on worship. And when the church was really small, when the church was about 150 people, I remember we were trying to get some, how many know that's, you know, you're trying to get energy and worship and you got 150 people and, you know, half of them are new and nobody knows the songs and you're trying to get some momentum going. So there was this one couple, they were just amazing worshipers. So I went up to them and I said, you two are now worship leaders. And they're like, no, 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 no. I said, no, 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 here's how you're going to do it. You're going to always sit on the front row. I want you in the front row. And the moment the music starts, I want you entering into worship. And the way you worship is the way I want people at this church to worship. And so they're going to see you. And I can't have you sitting on the back row. I need you to be on the front row. I need you to be all in up there being the leader that you need to be. And you're going to help lead people into the presence of God. Can you do that? And they're like, we can do that. We can do that. Leadership is influence, and I believe that we can influence people to go ahead and do what God has called them to do, and I expect every single person to lead. Now, I want you to desire to be a leader around this church. I know some people are like, well, I'll just be humble. I'll wait for the moment. I'll wait for the moment. How many know there's kind of that struggle? You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like if you're too pushy, like, I'm the leader, you know, and then, you know, you're kind of like, well, you're not the leader, you know? So, <laughs> nah. You know, so there's a struggle. But I still want you to desire to be the leader. I want you to have a hunger in this church to desire to be the leader. And whether you have the title or not, you're saying, I desire to be a leader around here. And I believe that's a good thing. I believe that's a good thing. The Apostle Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.1, he said this, to aspire to leadership is an honorable ambition. I believe that. I believe that. And this church is not going to be like, well, everybody just really stay humble and stay really shy and stay right in the woodwork and stay way out of the scenes. And then maybe, just maybe, somebody might ask you to be a leader. And then maybe, just maybe, you'll pray about it. I want you to be praying right now and to have a desire and and an inner burning that says, I want to be a leader. I want to step up. And when the opportunity comes, I'm going to step up. And I'm going to go right now. I'm going to start serving right now. I'm going to start leading right now. I'm ready to make a difference. I have a desire and an ambition, and it's a good thing. And it's an ambition to advance others. It's an ambition to say, do more than I've done. I want to help lead people to go the right way, to influence them the right way. It's not about me. 
I don't want to be a leader because I want everybody to look at me. I want to be a leader because I want the team to do better. I want the church to do better. I want us to go farther and faster than we've gone before. And can I tell you something? In our crisis right now, as a church, we've been having an explosive growth. We've been having explosive growth, and our growth has been going like this, and our leadership growth has been going like this. Now, if our growth is like this and our leadership level is like this, you know what's going to happen? Eventually, our growth is going to come back down to our level of leadership. That's what's going to happen. We're not going to have enough people to run life groups. We're not going to have enough people that will lead in alpha and be able to disciple people that don't know Jesus. We're not going to have enough leaders that will step up and say, I'll take care of the kids. We're not going to have enough leaders that will run the ministries that we want to do that make an effect out in this world. And so if we, don't, if we don't have enough leaders keeping up with the growth, the growth will come back. And so that's why I'm feeling God is saying, come on, fill the gap, fill the gap. Rise up, leaders, rise up. Realize every one of us can lead, even if you don't have the title. You can lead from the middle of the pack. You can lead from wherever you're at. God is calling you to lead. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that it would be the greatest compliment about River Valley Church that we just had a desire to lead in everything we do. That we desire to lead. That people say about us in the community, like, you won't believe it. We're looking for volunteers and for leaders for this. And they stepped up. They stepped up. River Valley Church, if you're looking for leaders, go there. They've got the leaders. They lead the sports things in the community. They lead the PTA. They lead the things that are here. They do that. They are leading all the time. They are leading. Man, they are all over the place. Leaders come from the church. I'd love to have that said about us. I would love to have a step up and rise up to the level of leadership. And leadership is a blessing to the people. Leadership is a blessing. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 3. And I want to point out something. That when God was going to judge his people for being away from him, they were walking away from him. He said, you need to repent. You need to repent. You're going the wrong way. And I need to put some punishment on you so you'll turn around and come back to me. He wanted the Israelites to turn around and come back to him. So he thought, if I'm going to inflict a punishment upon them and I want them to turn and to realize that they need to turn to me, I'm going to give them a punishment. He could have taken anything he wanted. He could have done any punishment that he wanted to get them to turn around and come back. But you know what he chose to do? He chose to take away all their leaders. He said, I'm going to punish you, and I'm going to show you that you need to repent. And the thing that I'm going to do to you is I'm going to take away every single one of your leaders, and I'm going to lead you with total chaos. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, will cut off the supplies of food and water from Jerusalem and Judah. He will destroy all the nation's leaders. The heroes, the soldiers, the judges, the prophets, the diviners, the elders, the army officers, the honorable citizens, the advisors, the skilled magicians, and the expert enchanters. Then he will appoint children to rule over them, and anarchy will prevail. People will take advantage of each other, man against man, neighbor fighting neighbor. Young people will revolt against authority, and nobodies will sneer at honorable people. God's punishment was, I'm going to take away the leaders. And when I look at this, I realize that God has put leaders all throughout. And there's a whole list of them. We've got military leaders, and we've got judges, and we've got prophets, and we've got honorable citizens. Those are people that we respect in our community. And he's saying, those people are there as a blessing. And in their leadership, that is a blessing to your community. And when you have those people working in their leadership uh, abilities and that responsibility of leadership, good things happen. 
And when God takes away leadership out of a group, all of a sudden chaos happens. Anarchy happens. And God knew that if he took away the leaders, they'd have no progress. He knew if he took away their leaders, despair would set in. He knew if he took away their leaders, all of a sudden fighting would happen and they'd be saying, help, help, help. And in that punishment, he was wanting them to come to him and say, help, help, we've walked away from you, you're right. And so his punishment was to take away their leaders. In this passage, it says that he takes away the legitimate leaders and the illegitimate. And I just want to point this out because it said skilled magicians and expert enchanters. That's not an endorsement of those guys. But it's an admission that some people look to them as their leaders. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever talked to somebody and they say like, well, I just, you know, looked at my horoscope. It's going to be good. And I'm like, really? You, you like live by that thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that thing's going to help me. It's my guide for life. I'm like, I got a better one. You know, it's a little better. You know, but anyways, you know. And he's saying these wrong, illegitimate ways of leadership, these people that you look for direction from that are wrong, I'm going to remove them too. So it's not an endorsement on them. He's saying, I'm just getting rid of all leadership, legitimate and illegitimate. You're going to have no leaders. And the Bible says children are going to rule over you. One translation says toddlers will rule over you. (laughs) How many know a toddler cannot even rule its own diaper? You know what I'm saying? Right? And so you can just see the mess that's going to happen to this society because the leadership is gone. And when bad leadership is in place, chaos happens. Now, I'm going to withhold judgment on our local football team if we have a great leader or not. But how many know in the last week or two, we have had total chaos. We guys throwing temper tantrums, not playing, running, yelling at the coach, getting fired, getting hired, all this stuff going on. And I don't know if our coach is a great leader or not, but we'll find out shortly. That's all I'm saying. When you don't have a great leader, chaos comes in. And God says, that's a punishment. And so when I see this, I say, God, thank you for the blessing of leadership. Thank you that I can bring order, that I can go out in this community. I can bring order to praise and worship by being a leader of influence. Thank you, God, that I can be a blessing to the local community by being a leader in the community and being a godly leader. Thank you that I can bring leadership to the morality crisis that's going on by being an example out there. Man, leadership is a blessing, and I think every time we spend money, we should thank God for the great leaders that he's given to us in this country. We have the pictures of great leaders on our currency, and every time we see that currency, we should say, God, thank you for a man like George Washington that would be a great leader to give us freedom in this country. God, thank you for Thomas Jefferson, for Ben Franklin. Thank you for these great leaders that were able to lead us through crisis, Abraham Lincoln. And every time we look at it, we should say, God, thank you for the favor that rests on us. Because you go to other countries and you see the poor leadership and what it does and the chaos that ensues in those countries, thank God that he's had favor on us with some great leaders. Leadership is a blessing to the people. And some have a call, some have a gift, some have a responsibility. I believe we all do. Everyone must lead in some way. If we're going to be the kind of leaders God wants us to be, I think we're going to need to be leaders that inspire other people, that inspire them to do great things. You know, John Quincy Adams, our sixth president of the United States, he said, if, if what you do influences people to dream more, become more, learn more, do more, then you're a leader. Man, you need to be a leader that will inspire other people to do great things. 
You need to be a leader in this church that is willing to sacrifice because leadership will require you to sacrifice. Some of you say, I don't want to be the lead usher because the lead usher has to get here 30 minutes early. Some of you say, I'll be the lead attender. We don't have that position, right? We need to say, I will sacrifice. A leader is passionate. A leader leads by example. We're going to look at that in this series because a lot of us don't want to be leaders because we don't lead our own self well. And if we're going to grow as leaders, we're going to have to lead our own self well. Then we start leading others. Then we start leading leaders. Then we start leading groups. Keeps going. We need leaders that will say, I'm willing to stand up for what I believe in. I'm willing to stand up and say what I believe in. I'm willing to be a leader, and that's going to mean you're going to have to open your mouth someday. You may not have to grab a microphone, but you're going to have to open your mouth and say, that's not the right way this company should go. That's not the right way we should behave on this team. That's not the right, and we're going to have to open up and be the leader and open our mouth. You know what that's going to do? That's going to mean that as an authentic, godly leader, we're going to get criticized. And when you get criticized, you know what I say? Welcome to leadership. But God wants us to step up and be leaders that have a genuine concern, that are servant leaders, that love people and will go the extra mile. Not self-centered people, because the goal of leadership is to influence others to do more. Not just ourselves to get it, but for others to do more. I preached a message recently to our youth group, and I called it On Our Shoulders. And I said, man, I want you to go farther than we've gone. I want you to do more than we've done. Our leadership and everything we've done is to empower you to do more, to do better, to go farther, to go faster, to do more. And that's the key. God wants you to take your gifting, your responsibility, and maybe even a call, but especially that responsibility, and say, I will be responsible to help others to find the truth, to live in righteousness, to do more than they could have done, to raise the level of this country, of our state, of our companies, of our families, of our neighborhoods, of our church. I'm going to help raise it up no matter where I'm at, whether I have a title or not. I am going to be a leader. Man, we need you. We need you. This church needs you. This country needs you. We need people to step up and say, I will be the leader. You can count on me. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you're willing to say, count on me. I'm ready. Count on me. So I want to pray for us as a church. I want to pray that we will step up into the leadership responsibility that God has called us all to. God has called us to that level of responsibility. And I want to pray that we will then just love the blessing of leadership in our life. We'll be so grateful for those people that lead us, but we will also step up and be a blessing as a leader wherever God has placed us. So Lord, I pray right now that you would help us to, first of all, have greater appreciation for leadership and those that are there as a blessing to us. And we thank you for those that have answered that call and have realized that. We thank you for those that have the gift and that use it. But we thank you, God, for those that realize that they have a responsibility to lead. They might be shy. They might be afraid. But, God, they have a responsibility to lead. And I pray that they'd be blessed in the ways that they've stepped out, Lord. And for those that are right now getting a grasp of this, getting a glimpse that they can be a leader. They don't have to have a microphone. They don't have to have a title. But they can lead from where they're at. God, I pray that they'd grab hold of that responsibility to lead 
and be the blessing to the world that the world needs them to be. God, we stop and pray for those that are in our leadership right now. We pray for our president, our vice president, secretary of state, our senators, our congressmen and women, both on a national level and on a statewide level. God, we pray for our governor. We pray for our mayors. We pray for our city councils and even our school board, people that have stepped up in leadership. And God, we pray that we would see them as the blessing that they are. And we pray that they would make responsible decisions, good decisions, that they would rule well so we could be about our business of building the church. And we pray for them, Lord. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our bosses. We pray for those that are department leaders. We pray for those that are willing to be entrepreneurs and step out in a new way and lead and and do something that others haven't done. God, we thank you for the blessing that leadership is. And I pray that this church would rise up to a whole new level of leadership, a whole new level of appreciation, responsibility, and understanding. You need us to lead. The world desperately needs us to lead. So I'm believing that upon this church that we would be the leaders that you've called us to be and we'd rise up to that challenge and responsibility. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.